0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. It's Opening Day, Koal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir?
1: Graham's going pretty well. Sorry for the bad news that you have to, like, you know, start taking in the next couple days. What's that? Your favorite month is no, over. March is I ending.
0: Know. It's very sad. Did you have a good March, Graham? You did have a pretty good march yeah yeah
1: would you still call it your favorite month of the year i don't
0: really have a favorite month of the year it's all just one turd sandwich
1: oh come on like you have months you hate more that's true january yeah Yeah, january february i despise so do you like march because it's better than how shitty those two months are yes got it so maybe it's not your favorite but it's just in comparison no i don't think i have like a favorite month anymore well we're rolling into my favorite month Start on baseball. Season. You got baseball. You got Masters. If we want to talk some more I don't golf care this week, about the Masters. <laughs> Come on, there's nothing more iconic than Augusta National. I disagree. With Masters that. weekend. What's more iconic than Augusta the National? Super Bowl. Um, it's not the played at the same series? place. Not played at the same place. You're talking about iconic,
0: though. You're talking about things that are iconic in sports. And to me, you're talking about an iconic location, not an iconic event.
1: Um, I mean, I guess they both. kind of go together, yeah. but
0: I think you're talking, to, you like Augusta National.
1: You like the the golf club itself, its, it's serenity, its picturesque beauty, etc. I like sitting down and watching it on the TV. Sure. And the beautiful scenes, how excitement people are to be there, the cheap sandwiches, the cheap beer. Not that I'm there experiencing those things, but I like that they exist, Graham. And it's just tradition to play there. It's kinda of unique to have a huge sporting event played at the same venue every year. I think. It is. Yeah. I think that's a factual statement. It is a factual <laughs> statement.
0: It's never been played anywhere else as far as I know.
1: No. No. The only major that's at the same course every year. I
0: just I just can't get into golf. Like sometimes I can, but most of the time it's just a very
1: But it's like that weekend, you're like getting into bait, you got baseball on TV. You can go back and forth between that and golf. Yeah, NBA playoffs might be going on. Disgusting! The first two rounds of NBA playoffs are a joke. Well, that's that's the only thing. And that... Everything's predetermined.
0: All the high seeds usually win. The only time there's ever been like a big run by somebody it was like the last time was
1: like the Hawks a couple of years ago. It never happens. Well, that was pretty recent. Yeah, an eight-beat-one within the last couple of years. We've discussed that on this podcast before.
0: Yeah, but it's very rare where you have like an upset in the first round of the first couple rounds of the NBA
1: playoffs. Sure. Well now we got this great play in tournament. I think this leads into our alternative sports talk Graham. Play in tournament sucks. Well That's where the Hawks are going though. The Hawks the are at five hundred again. They they continue. Was it thirteen
0: times in a row
1: or something like what's the stat? Oh no, it's like in the thirties or forties. Good God. Yeah. It's it's wild. They did it again. <laughs> They, bar- yeah, the, they barely beat. We own Cleveland, last Cleveland
0: for whatever reason. One of the better teams
1: in the in the in the uh, in the East. I watched the second half of that game, and it's a. I mean, it's a good win over Cleveland, but it's like still kind of the same tendencies with this team. It's like I knew like the last three minutes, every single possession, dribble, 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 dribble. Maybe one pass. Like they had one set play out of a timeout, which ended in like a beautiful alley oop to Capella. But beyond that, it was either just. Dejounte dribbling and shooting, or Trey, and it worked. It worked for Dejounte. You were tweeting he up a storm last night.
0: Now that you finally got access to the official Atlanta's, yeah, Atlanta
1: I haven't account. had access to that thing for a couple of years. And see, this is what I would be doing with it if I'm if I'm in it, watching a sport, I will comment on the sport.
0: You said DeAndre Hunter needs to be the first one to go,
1: dude. He is so sorry. Like, oh yeah, I don't,
0: I don't. I'm not. I'm not enamored with him anymore like I used to. Be. Like
1: a number four overall pick, he is just like he's timid. I don't think his defense is that good anymore. It's so
0: weird. It's like ever since he the knee injury, he can't
1: handle the ball. Yeah, ever since the knee
0: injury. But he'll have a game every once in a while where he'll drop twenty five, shoot well from the. So big did point Cam range. Reddish. You know? I know. Well, I think he's a little more consistent than Cam Reddish. But he, uh, yeah, it, it just has not come together on a full time basis, like, and he hasn't really been that injured this year, right? I mean, no, I mean, yeah. the Hawks have been pretty healthy. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. That, that extension was a mistake. Yeah. A
1: thousand percent. Well, then the extension to bogey as well. I don't I don't get that one. Like, he just looks old. Yeah, now we that's just we up for four, year, four years. $68 million contract. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: what's he, the rationale behind that? He still
1: that? has his nights where he shoots lights out. He's not worth that,
0: though. I mean, he had, what, an 18 or $20 million player option or something. Yeah. I don't know if this saves you money. In the long for run, one year. Maybe. But who gives a shit? I don't want yeah. Bogey for four more years. Yeah, I don't know. Man. At, at this rate, front office again is making perplexing decisions around personnel. Uh, don't get it.
1: But anywho, anyway, we, Kevin, we Kevin
0: her shooting forty five percent from three yeah. in Sacramento, and they're going to the playoffs for the first time since uh, I don't know the Obama administration or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's one that's been kind of stuck in the back of my head all season, Graham. Kevin Harter being gone. Yeah, but what are you gonna do? There's one rule at Atlanta's own. When we're doing the alternative (laughs) sports segment, Graham, we can't focus on a team for more than two to three minutes. Oh, Okay, so we got to move on from the Hawks. What are they gonna do to get out of the alternative sports segment? They gotta show me something. They gotta get over 500. They gotta get at least five games over 500. No, there's four games left. That's not gonna happen. They gotta get two games over 500. I'd be happy with one. Just stop this streak. If they win their next game, we'll have a proper Hawks segment before the playoffs. Okay. If not, (laughs) they get to be alongside uh, Augusta National and uh, the XFL, which I don't have great news, except they've made made it past the halfway point, and they're already planning for next season. I heard ratings were back up. Ratings are fine, yeah. Ratings are fine. You're the ratings
0: guy for the XFL.
1: They're lower than the 2020 version was, but... The twenty twenty version was on ESPN a lot and XFL is about to hit like the the closing of the season. It's a ton of ABC and ESPN games. So if it's on my digital antenagram, I'll watch. If I have to go like through apps, that's what loses me on so many sporting events. The long load times. Yeah. Yeah. Like not being able to channel surf in commercials. Exactly.
0: Yeah. No, I understand. I you know. wanna
1: to flip to the game channel some See what's on Peachtree TV. You know, maybe watch uh, American Idol was on the other night. You need, you need to be able to flip back and forth. American
0: Idol? You're watching the 30th season of American Idol? Well, our
1: internet went out. Oh, So I was like, well, let's see what's on the old rabbit ears. And we watched like um, that marriage game from back in the day where they put a husband and wife up on the stand and ask them questions. The like newlywed game? Newlywed game, <laughs> yep. Good God. That was on, American Idol was on some really weird um, cartoon on Fox with uh, talking cats and dogs. And then it was like, you know what? That's probably a sign that we should just turn the TV off and go to bed. There you go. And that's what we did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's stop talking about this bullshit, and let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to... What do you want to do? You want to do Braves or just cover these Falcons signs, and then just sort of pig out on the Braves. All
1: right, let's let's go to let's do Falcons and then break, and then second half just straight Braves. Okay. Yeah. So we got big news, Adam. Yesterday, you
0: actually reported this to me, not to the general public, but that the uh, Falcons signed Scotty Miller, he of Tampa Bay Bucks fame.
1: Yeah, an actual slot receiver versus what you want in like a 6'6 slot wide receiver. This is a, you know, quick, shifty, sure-headed fellow who uh, had some success with Tom Brady. Sure. And, you know, it's I, I think it's like a one-year deal for pretty cheap. But it's an actual NFL caliber receiver. Well, yeah, I mean, like...
0: If you look at his best year, it's probably in 2020, 500 receptions. Or excuse me, 500 <laughs> receptions would be insane. 30, 33 receptions for 501 yards and three scores. Um, hasn't really come close to matching that in the last couple of years. I think he was a little banged up in 2021. And then last year, we all know Tampa Bay just had offensive issues out the ass with all the receivers, even you know like guys like Mike Evans and Godwin. So, um, Scottie Miller's a solid guy. He's only 25 um, he can come in here and provide a lot for you. I think this also means though that probably Zacchaeus is gone. Um, so, which isn't really like sad, but I liked watching. Like Zacchaeus would have these really good games and he'd disappear for a few weeks. So it's not like a huge loss. Um, so I'm I'm cool with this. I think it gives us a little depth at receiver. If we can get one more. Solid receiving prospect in the draft. We'll be pretty happy with this receiving core. I think moving forward for this year.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not there yet for sure. No. Uh, what do you think about these DeAndre Hopkins rumors?
0: I don't. I, I think they're just going to want too much for him. I don't want to yeah. give up like first, you know, two first round picks that's, and a third that's round not pick. Our game. I, I just, I mean, the idea of DeAndre Hopkins, just like the idea of Lamar Jackson, is fantastic. But um, I don't know. I just think it's going to, they're just going to
1: want too much for him. So I'm not going to do it. How about this? At this point, let's draft a receiver in the second or third round and then sign Julio Jones to come in and mentor all these guys.
0: I do not want Julio Jones mentoring anybody. Julio has no character to me anymore. Ouch. Because of, you know, how he went on the damn Undisputed show and was like, get me out of here. On the phone with Shannon. Sharp. He wasn't on the show. He was, yeah. They called him, and then he said on national TV. He didn't. He didn't say you're on
1: the show, man. Doesn't he knew what he was doing? I don't think he did.
0: It's a live show. You everybody knows when Undisputed comes on in the morning. He caught like.
1: I don't think Julio Jones is walking around thinking about Undisputed. Did Probably Shannon Sharp's not? one of his buddies.
0: Either way, I didn't like that. I don't like how he also threw, you know, there, threw Matt Ryan under the bus, um, took advantage of Arthur Blank's uh friendship, ownership, whatever, how he bitched about his contract when he had three years left on it. Um that's true. It's it's just a lot of red flags for Julio on a uh personal level, I guess professional level, whatever you want to say there. I think those kind of intermingle honestly. And then the health issues, you know, it's like he's still not a bad player when he's healthy, but you know, he's really we definitely got the best out of Julio he's been a damn ghost compared to what he used to be. So you don't like that idea? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Um, for a lot of reasons. I don't want... And I really don't want Julio mentoring a guy like Drake London at all. No thanks.
1: I'm sure he could learn a lot from him.
0: He could learn a lot from him from a physical standpoint, from a routine standpoint, from a playing football standpoint, but from a personality standpoint, no thanks. Okay. Also, Julio, you know, takes some... He took himself out so many times during like critical third downs and shit. Closer to the end of the Falcons tenure. That pissed me off too. It's like... We're in the red zone. It's third down. Julio's like, mm, I'm just going to take myself out. It was always voluntary. No one held him accountable. Bullshit. <laughs> Never practiced.
1: Well, his number might be retired. In those, uh, he's the, the best Falcons
0: receiver yeah. of all time. There's so. no, there's no questioning that. I'm just saying he has a lot of flaws in his personality and the way he conducted himself.
1: What if he comes back and gives a nice speech? Uh, no,
0: that doesn't. One nice gesture will not make up for the last few years of. of of horse hockey that we in, endured from, you know, from all these reasons I just mentioned. Okay. Well, he's dead to you. That's okay. He's not dead to me, but he's he's dead to me in terms of being a, an active player in the NFL for my team. Okay. I will never forget the accomplishments. He, you know, he, everything he did, you know, when he really gave himself to the team, it was fantastic. I mean, how will we ever forget the NFC championship game where he stiff-armed that loser Packers cornerback? On his way to like a 70-yard touchdown. I mean, it was one of the most glorious things we've ever seen. He had multiple, you know, I think that year he had 1,800 yards receiving. He's a monster. He's great. He's one. Of the, he is the best receiver of all time for the Falcons, but I do not want him back anymore.
1: Okay. Fair enough, Graham. Fair enough. But, yeah, one more receiver would be nice. One more receiver but The, the depth starting to look better.
0: Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, And then a, a sign I'm really excited about happened this morning, Calais Campbell. Coming over to the Falcons on a one-year deal. Cleus Campbell's been a really, really solid defensive lineman his whole career. He's got 99 career sacks. He's been playing since, I think, 07 or 06. Um, he's definitely an older guy. I think he's will be entering his age 37 season by the time the season starts. Um, but five and a half sacks last year, playing, I think, a little over 50% of the snaps. That's awesome. Had... A lot of tackles for loss as well. He can play on the edge. He can play on the interior. He can be moved around. He's a guy that can rotate with Grady, who can rotate with Anya Meta, um, and then he can also play edge if he needs to. So I am really excited for this. And also, probably the most important aspect of this is just the experience he has. Um, you know, this this is very much reminds me of the Dwight Freeney signing the year that we went to the Super Bowl, and I think he's a better player. Than Dwight Freeney was at that point in his career as well. So this is that that's a that's a fantastic sign to me, and, and for many reasons, production and leadership.
1: Did you say, or has it been seen yet? What the the money looks like? I have not seen the money. I can check
0: our friend the internet here and see. If there's been any update on that? I imagine it's not too much, but I think what the uh, really interesting part of this is that apparently what sealed the deal is. So he came to visit last week, left, went to go visit Jacksonville apparently Arthur Blank talked to him and said there's a lot of stuff you can do in the community. There's all these foundations. I'm active in the community. And this is a guy who won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. He's a very altruistic dude. So that apparently sealed the deal in terms of all the ways he could also help off the field. And he also believed in what the Falcons are building, which means a lot because he's coming from Baltimore when they always build their organization right. So, yeah.
1: Really yeah, no, cool. that, that is cool to see because it wasn't just Jacksonville. I know he had another a number of other suitors and he had some trips scheduled for... Next week, I believe, but you know, for a thirty-six-year-old guy who's like you know trying to win a championship, that is huge that he like believes in what Arthur Arthur Smith has going on here, and uh, kudos to your boy Arthur Blank there, Graham. Like he can, like he is a selling point for players to come here, um, despite some of his flaws and mouthing off in the media like he did this week, as well in his comments about. Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah, he kind of stuck his foot in the mouth on that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah that, was, that was pretty dumb. Can
0: you catch up the, the users on that one?
1: Sure. <clears throat> yeah, he was um, talking about the difference in Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and why he, they were interested in Deshaun Watson last year and basically said something along the lines of how Lamar just hasn't been healthy and has missed at least five games like the last three years or Whatever it's been, but like, just completely didn't take into effect that Deshaun Watson has also been hurt a ton. He's coming <laughs> off a huge injury, and he also didn't play for two years, and the <laughs> sexual assault allegations, and yeah. all of that. And it was just like, just you just don't need to talk. Just, about just don't that. comment about it. Yeah, but it's like, this is a football issue. In, in all of it, no. they, you know, him and both Coach Smith were also just like, you know, we knew it was the case, but saying this is Ritter's team this year. He's got a one-year leash, to like
0: Ritter, yeah, yeah. Like, and I think I think the Falcons really screwed themselves over by not giving him more games. And I think the argument that they didn't want to make a change until they were out of it is bullshit because they were out of it when the season started. And I mean, when I say out of it, I mean like they were that team was never going to seriously contend for a Super Bowl. So what's the harm in putting Ritter in there sooner, maybe? Eight games into the season, nine games into the season, as opposed to four games are left on the schedule. It just it doesn't help. I don't anybody. think it matters too much though. Like what what what's a few more games
1: going to tell us? A,
0: well, it's going to give him a lot more experience on the field and get more familiarity with the system? We saw the progression week over week from Ritter. Imagine if he had started that sooner, how much better he would have been by the end of the
1: year. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I think it's it's a poor decision by the team. I think in terms of. Transitions for young quarterback, like it's, it's not the worst-case scenario. No. To, like, the worst-case scenario would have been for a while or he doesn't play in, the whole year. Or get thrown right. in before you're ready as well. Sure. I think that could be really detrimental. But it's
0: also hard to know when is ready. When are you ready? Exactly. The only way you can really get ready is by getting some experience. So I think if you got more experience, I'd be a little more confident going into this year. It's still a big question mark. I'm still glad they're sticking with him, and he was declared the starting quarterback this week.
1: And it's also great to hear Heineke. He had some press this past week when he's just like very open about the fact that he is here to mentor um, Ritter. So unlike what Mr. Mariota did by just bailing on him. So hopefully, like if Heineke, who's been through the shit, and you know he's a solid veteran in the league, if he can really mentor Ritter properly, yeah, it's a good good position to be in. Yeah, and a guy that we would trust to come win us a ball game if we needed him to. Sure.
0: Um, but yeah, those are the new Falcons signings this week. Very, very active free agency period for us. The most active. I mean, we were talking about this a few weeks ago when the big explosion first happened. Uh, legal tampering started a couple weeks ago. But now it really is one of the more prolific off seasons for the, the Falcons and free agency in a while. And we'll see how all these moves come together. But every move that's been made, for the most part, I've been like, yeah, that makes... I, I get why they're doing it. I think maybe we overpaid maybe a little for Anya Meta, but um, you look at depth, Adam, that your boy Brian Snicker likes to talk about with Adrianza, right? Compared to the depth the Falcons are actually building on the defensive line now and on the edge. Um, it's huge. It's massive. I mean, you look at the defensive line now, um, it's just so much deeper than it's been since probably 2016. Oh, maybe even longer than that. It's 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 fantastic.
1: A lot of people are with all this depth that we have. Some you would think that that would mean maybe we're not going defensive line, but some people have been speculating that this almost like having a guy like Claus Campbell is like would be the perfect guy to have next to Georgia D tackle Jalen Carter. Sure, mentor him up along with Grady. Sure, and Arthur Smith said. I, I I didn't see the exact quote, but basically he was not ruling out Jalen Carter as an option for us. And if you bring him in, like, and his pass rush potential and what he's going to do to free up Grady and now Campbell and all these other guys we got in, that yeah, I'm excited by that. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, that's almost what, I know we, we change our stances all the time, but like, I'm pushing for, like, we could have some dogs down there, man. Yeah. And like... That's going to bring out the dogs to the stadium as well. You know, these Bulldogs fans want to see us draft a UGA player. Right. So, um, but yeah, Arthur Smith was basically talking like what I had said a couple weeks ago, where like young kids make mistakes doesn't mean he's a bad person. No. And like, it's a dude who a lot of people projected to be number one overall. So, yeah, I mean, if we could get him at
0: eight, it's still a risk, I think, with uh, the off the field stuff in terms of how that could manifest in other ways. That still concerns me. It still concerns me that he gained all that weight before his pro day. Um, But yeah, I don't think you define someone by a couple of instances like that, however bad they are. Um, And he's still super young and has all the talent in the world. So, I mean, if you take him at eight, I would wonder who else you could have taken on on the defensive line. But at the same time, like, to get a young player who maybe is going through hard times, who is has ex- extremely high ceiling, to pair him with with a Calais Campbell, or Grady Jarrett, Anya Meta, you know, guys that have been very successful in the league. Um certainly a good strategy. And I totally agree with you though, that in the sense that we should absolutely still draft on the defensive defensive line. I would keep drafting and getting people on the defensive line to you actually have a good defensive line. Because you still got, you know, unknowns and, and guys like Eda Ebikete and Malone, you know that may take a big step up this year. That's another thing Campbell will provide as well to those guys is, is some, some leadership. But you've got to keep filling it up roster-wise so that you can see who are going to be the, the pillars you can build the franchise around.
1: It's a damn shame we've got to wait six months to see this team play. It's going to be the most hyped Falcons opening game in six years. Seven years? Yeah, probably since the Since twenty seventeen. Since the Super Bowl loss, yeah. It would be nice to make it back to the playoffs this year. Guys.
0: It would be. And I think Arthur Blank came out and said the goal is to win the division this year. So to me Which is okay. I would I would still say I'm not at the level where I'm I still I think this team can be a real contender because there's still a lot of there's still holes. But the holes compared to before free agency started to now have, you know, shrunk vastly. This team should compete for the division. Absolutely. In terms of like, do I think we can win the Super Bowl next year? Probably not. But it would be nice. It should be a good stepping stone to get back to the playoffs. At least. And anything else that happens after that is gravy. Well, I think that's the Falcon segment. We'll take a quick break and hear a word from our friends from DraftKings and then we will soldier on to the Atlanta Braves season preview.
1: The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway. And the action is just starting up on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts <laughs> all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store
0: all right i said it before the tournament started i'll i've been saying it every week since bet uconn bet uconn bet uconn if you took uconn before the tournament started you're looking pretty good i may winning uh some serious money because i mean their odds are okay but compared to teams like alabama houston um purdue things like that not as high so uconn's looking good that's my recommend recommendation not only for the Final Four, but for the whole thing, continue to bet UConn. They look unstoppable. They beat Gonzaga by like 30 points on Saturday. Uh, UConn's the team to put all your money on on uh, on the Final Four in the National Championship. So that is my recommendation of the week again.
1: Here's what you need to do, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: All right, Adam. Let's talk Braves 2023 season. Hard to believe. 2023 season. When we started the show, I think it was in uh, 2017 during the rebuild. And it was just like, oh, I just... All right, Dickie, man, you know if he can give us 200 innings, that would just be swell. Now we got Max Fried, you know Kyle Wright and Spencer Strider. The three headed monsterly in the rotation this year. Even though we know Wright's not going to start the season because he's on the injured list because of that cortisone shot. It's just funny how far we have come since that 2017 season.
1: Yeah, um, I just went to Twitter and searched for the Braves 25-man roster, which I don't think they've posted yet. They'll probably post that tomorrow. And I'm getting all these old tweets from like 2018, 2019, showing like the opening roster, and it's like Ender Inciarte will start in center field at bat oh, eighth in his return to the 25 man roster. We thought he was a stud, man.
0: He had that one good season, but it was he just it was all soft contact and luck.
1: some of it. 2019, Matt Joyce made it. Faulty's back there. Brad Brock. This roster has come a long way from from all that to being just you know title contender every year. A lot, of, a lot of and it's finally to the point where people are actually picking us to win, which I don't know if I like or not.
0: Yeah, I was looking at a bunch of articles, and you know, I think on the athletic, with everybody they polled, we were like second in terms of getting World Series votes. Um, like World Series wins, wins votes. I think like 80% of the writers voted for the Braves to win the division. You know, it's just the list goes on and on. Um, yeah, I think, I think the Braves have. Earn the respect of of the general baseball press at this point, um, but I kind of like being you know undervalued and undersold. Like every year, it's either it was always the Mets or the Nationals or whatever, and now it's kind of like, well, I guess it's our time. But I kind of don't like being in the limelight uh, as a fan. I like I like sort of coming out of nowhere. Not coming out of nowhere, but you know. Going on that huge run last year and taking the division from the Mets, even though it didn't end well in the playoffs. But um, I don't know. Predictions are stupid, but we're going to make some right now. Okay. Um, Looking at the starting rotation, you know, Freed, Strider, Wright, Morton, and uh, Schuster, Dodd, you know, those are your guys you're kind of hanging, hanging with right now, even though uh, Dodd's not going to come up until he actually has to start. How do you feel? What's your confidence level with uh, with this starting rotation?
1: Feel great 1 2 with and Strider. Yeah. Uh, I will feel good with Wright, but he obviously was slowed down this spring, so he's missing his first start. I uh, just hope he comes back to be what he was last year. I mean, as long as he is anywhere close to that, that's like really solid 1 2 3. Yeah, I will finally admit to you, Graham, that I'm a little concerned with Charlie Morton. Wasn't too sharp this spring. Took
0: a bad spring for you to be concerned about him.
1: Yeah, just because, I don't know, it's seeing him give up multiple homers a lot. That it's always bodes well for him. He got just killed by home runs last year. But still going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He, He seems like a guy that if he didn't have it, he would just, you know, call it a day. And, uh... You know, he had still had that shortened spring last year coming back from the broken legs. So if he could just be like, you know, pitch like a four ERA somewhere along those lines, you'll take that as a number four, number five starter. And then that five battle certainly did not go the way anyone predicted where everyone thought it was going to be Anderson, Soroka, or Elder. And you're, you're coming out with Schuster and Dodd, which is, I mean, great to have that uh, depth where you have these young guys who, you know, the organization is confident in. and But they're not that young. I mean, they're like 24, 25, uh, both college guys. So they have they don't need as much minor league seasoning as someone drafted out of high school would need. So excited to see these guys pitch. I think Schuster goes in that first series against Washington and Dodd's going to go against the Cardinals. Um, they purposely wanted Charlie to get that first game in St. Louis where it's going to be a sellout crowd. It's going to be wild versus that being Schuster's debut. So that checks out. So Schuster will pitch number three against the Nationals. I'm sure that fan base will have given up by the time they get to game three, anyways. So that's hopefully a little less pressure for the kid, let him get off to a good start. But, you know, overall, like the rotation, has potential to be awesome, especially if. Anderson or Soroka or Elder come back at any point this year. But, uh, you know, there's a couple holes.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest issues for me right now are the severity of Kyle Wright's injury um, and how that will affect him. Because if he's not right, no pun intended, then I have a lot of concerns because I think everyone else has a question mark in that rotation right now. Schuster's great all spring, Dodd great all spring, but how it will translate to the major league level. I've, already, I've been done with Charlie Morton since last year. Um, the worst road ERA in baseball last season. So really, to me, we're, we're a little bit top-heavy rotation-wise. So Kyle Wright is the, the the big X factor to me. It's not to say Morton can't rebound. It's not to say Schuster's success can't translate to the Major League level. It's just I have more questions about that. But Strider and Freed, I feel 100% about. But Kyle Wright is the key to me to having like a really strong rotation, not only in the regular season, but also in the playoffs. Yep. Um, but yeah. So, and then, you know, uh, I don't care about any awards. So we don't even talk about Cy Young. I think Max Freed does have a good chance to win it, though. And I think the thing that might differentiate him from, like, a guy like Alcantara this year is that Max Freed pitches on a team that actually might do something. So, and it didn't matter last year because Alcantara had such a great season. But I think Max Freed actually has a legitimate chance to win the Cy Young and then fully price himself out of Atlanta.
1: <laughs> I think don't sleep on those Marlins though. Like they, they could be coming back around. How? Well, they've, they've got a lot of good young
0: pitchers. They do, but they've had that for years and it's never translated any sort of success.
1: Right. But they're I don't know, they're they're a couple steps ahead of like a nationals. You know, they they made the playoffs in twenty twenty. That's true. Yeah. That's true. In that's, that
0: abbreviated season. That's something. And they won a playoff round. They beat the Cubs.
1: Yeah, like I don't I don't think they're terrible. Like I think no. I think the Nationals are the only terrible team in our division. Um Yeah, you know, Trey Turner being on the Phillies, that scares the that shit suck. out of me. The
0: good news for the Phillies for us at least is Hoskins is out for the year. <laughs> Harper's not coming back till probably June at this point.
1: Yeah. i forgot he had that like was it shoulder surgery?
0: Uh Tommy John surgery. Tommy fifth,
1: John. Which is weird. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see that from a positional player too yeah. much. Yeah, and he's a DH. I mean, and then of course the Mets lost Diaz, so they're they're starting the year off with some injuries to just massive, massive players to him.
0: Yeah, so that's that's good. We're we're coming in with really like the only we have injuries. You know, we know that Iglesias is going to be on the IL. Kyle Wright. Um, there's one other player that um, is uh, escaping my mind right now that's also on the IL uh, that we did not anticipate being on there. But that's okay because they're not they're not long-term injuries. They're not we're not going to miss guys for the whole season. We're not going to miss guys for, you know, 2-3 months. At least right now. <laughs> so, that's good news for us. Um we know how deep that, that this this starting lineup is. Um we, Ronald Acuña looks amazing in the spring training, which is huge. Looked great for Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic.
1: Power's still not there. Doubles, triples, guy. That's
0: that's okay. But I think he's moving around well. He's he's moving without any inhibition seemingly in that that ACL. So that, that that's big to me. Um Ozzie Albies looks to hopefully rebound, have a big season. Matt Olsen had the spring train of his life, looks super comfortable. Now I think after all this Freddie Freeman bullshit has died out. I think he's gonna have a monster year. We know Austin Rowley's great. Sean Murphy looks fantastic, Darneau. Um Eddie Rosario hopefully is getting it going. You know, I think really the, the big things, the question marks, we know Michael Harris is, is, is great, looking poised to have a great second year. But the, the biggest question marks, obviously, are shortstop and left field. What is going to happen there? Um, Arcia is starting at shortstop. We don't know. I don't know who the left fielder is going to be. It might be Ozuna opening day at this point. Uh, it's weird.
1: Yeah, I think Ozuna will DH some. He'll play left field some because that arm is apparently looking a lot better. And he wants to play left field more, apparently. So
0: it's just I just have an issue with him with his not even just his arm but this the the defensive range. The funny part about Ozuna is he won the Golden Glove in 2018, which just proves that that, like the Golden Glove is just a bunch of bullshit.
1: You would really think like with Harris in center and Acuna in right, hopefully a healthy Acuna, you could just shade everybody towards left field a little more, and those other two guys can cover a lot more ground. We certainly can kind of hide Ozuna a little bit, but you know I still have. Slight hope for Ozuna, slight hope for Rosario. Like I I posed this on the Twitter last night, Graham. I I said, and I know you must believe because you drafted him in fantasy baseball. I I did way super late, just because I was like, I'll take a flyer on Ozuna. Fuck it. So, do you think he has a better chance of being cut by the Braves this year or winning comeback player of the year? Better chance of being cut.
0: The last two years have still been abysmal. I know he had a good September, but I mean, last two years he's hit like two twenty. 280, like 380 slugging or something. like It's it's bad, man. Um, I just don't see that turning around. But he's only a couple years removed from being an absolute hoss, and he's had success in the past. I think it's possible, but I, I think mean, there's definitely a hell of a lot better chance of him being cut.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference in spring training numbers you, you can't look into too much. Cause no.
0: Because
1: you're facing a lot of minor leaguers. Guys are just kind of getting their reps in. Yeah. They're just throwing a lot of fastballs at you, and that's what Ozuna rakes. Yeah, so and
0: everybody knows he can't hit the off-speed pitch to save so, his life. I doubt that's really changed over the course of a year.
1: So let's let's see what he looks like in April, but he's he's going to get a shot.
0: Yeah, with Rosario being able to see now, you know, he's looking better. I still worry about his health. He always seems to have, the last few years, injury after injury after injury. It can be his eyes, it can be his leg, it can be his knee, whatever, man. It just feels like he is always running into the injury bug. So left field and shortstop, to me, are still huge massive holes defensively in particular the lineup i think can cover left field and you know offensively can cover left field and shortstop defensively though keep in mind we've never seen arcia play shortstop really for more than a game and he hasn't played shortstop that much in, in but it's his natural position like, his like natural i'm saying I'm, I'm saying
1: is like the people who were at spring training your dave o'briens your your reporters are saying he's solid defensively. Okay. He's not Dansby, but he's But solid. he's still been a negative defensive a, it,
0: war the last six of the last eight seasons. So you can't... He was playing second base. Like,
1: he's only played second base for us. Like, he hasn't
0: been a full-time starter since, what, 2019? Yeah, but he was still negative defensive war. I'm just saying, like, he's not... He's This is going to be a a sharp decline from Nancy Swanson defensively, which we knew. But I, I just don't... Like you can say he's gonna be fine with the eyeball test, but I don't see a guy becoming a positive defensive war player when he's been. A I'm gonna have my hot so take far. of the
1: year, Graham. All right, Arcia is gonna put up better offensive numbers than Dansby Swanson. That's hilarious. Uh,
0: by what metric? Just in general, you think in every conceivable. Give me like a metric. Give me like either homers on base, something. Um, batting average. Okay, and home runs. It would be higher than Dansby Swanson. Yes. Would you put money on that?
1: I mean, like $5. All right. Yeah. You're taking Dansby? Yeah. I think he's going to bottom out in Chicago. (laughs) I hope you're right. (laughs)
0: This is a bet where I win no matter what.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, So I'll gladly put $5 on that. Fantastic.
1: I like Garcia. Yeah. No, I
0: mean, I don't have any issue with him. He played really well down the stretch for us uh, when he had to fill in in a pinch. So, I mean, I hope he does well. I just think looking at his track record, I don't have a lot of confidence there. Um, but other than that, I and mean, then uh, you know, I feel really good about the rotation overall, even
1: though there's question marks here, I feel better about the lineup. Strong bench Adrianza, Hilliard, Adrian. and um Pilar. I don't think
0: it's is that strong?
1: That's as far as benches go, yeah.
0: I think it's okay. I think it's serviceable. Plus plus Darno or, or or Murphy. Murphy, yeah. Or Azuna. Yeah. Yeah. Or Rosario. Yeah, so that's where you get that's where the strength comes from. Is is like whatever guy isn't playing, automatically makes your bench better. Yeah, the regular bench players I'm kind of whatever on. I don't think Adrian's I have no, no feelings towards really. Um, it will be interesting to see who's playing shortstop by like June. Will it still be Arcia or will it still? So I
1: should have put an asterisk. It was like, as long as he's our starting shortstop the whole year.
0: We could just say as long okay. as he's our to the point where he's our starting shortstop. Okay. You know, like if he goes down, even if it's after like two weeks, and he's That's doing the better bet ends, and if he's doing better than Dansby, I owe you five dollars. That is very fair, sir. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shit. I mean, I can't. I can't be that much of a loser.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, bullpen. How you feel about the bullpen? Great.
1: All I see see on the bullpen <laughs> <Yeah>. segment. <laughs> I mean, really I'd great. rather have Iglesias, obviously, but well, he'll, he'll be back. Yeah, it's At, just so deep.
0: Yeah, I really think the, the Braves bullpen is one of the when it's fully healthy will be one of the one of the best in uh, in baseball. I mean, you got Iglesias, McHugh, Jimenez, Dylan Lee, uh, Lute-J, Lucas Lutaj from New York. Lutki. Lukey? I like Luda J. That's what I'm calling him. Okay, uh, Jesse Chavez. Uh, that's that's a really solid solid bullpen mentor. You know, man, it's just guy after guy is is excellent. The and you know the only guy that had a, a an over four, uh, over four ERA was Jesse Chavez in that list I just gave you, and mostly that's from when he wasn't on the Braves when I mean, he was on the Angels last year um just really really solid guys up and down that bullpen uh very excited to see who's your boy that came up this um that we acquired this year that you're so high on anderson Nick, Nick anderson. anderson. yeah really excited to see him pitch so he made
1: the team because of iglesias being down. right only because he had options that's why he was in the minors but right yeah i think he might uh run with that job
0: yeah yeah and so, I'm yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing this bullpen go to work and preserve leads. And I appreciate what, you know, when did this year and going on and getting uh, Lukey. Is that Lukey? Lukey. Going on and getting Lukey. Um, well, you also you know, didn't
1: mention Tyler Yates. I mean, and Kirby Yates.
0: I haven't mentioned Kirby Yates yet. I still don't believe in Kirby Yates. Um, and Joe Jimenez. You know, those are two really good relievers that you didn't necessarily need that makes your bullpen all the better. So, um, really excited for both those guys. What, what is so great about Kirby Yates?
1: Just how great he was before his injury,
0: right? As he had a decent spring.
1: Uh, he finished strong. I remember he started poorly. Yeah, or, the, the numbers aren't going to look. But yeah. like he, like his last two or three outings were scoreless. That's good. High strikeouts. Is
0: he making the is he oh, making the roster? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's he's there one hundred percent.
0: Okay. So yeah, we'll see what he has. to... I mean, if he can recapture his form before his his uh, Tommy John surgery and everything, that that also just makes the bullpen that much deeper. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a really really stacked bullpen, barring some colossal health issue uh, in terms of people just getting injured and shit.
1: And you know, I mean, you know, the hope is that having this much depth, you can keep them all fresh throughout the years, um, along with like having what, six, seven, eight starters, use those arms throughout the year, and just, like, have them be healthy come October, unlike last year when we got so screwed with Freed and Strider. That's the thing I... Hopefully we can give these guys some breaks.
0: Yeah, that's the thing I wonder about, though, is, like... I mean, it's such a freak thing. Like, Max Freed getting that illness where he lost, like, 15 pounds or whatever, like, you know, that makes no sense. Yeah. Um, Strider got injured at the worst possible time. And that's really... If, you, if, if I really want to get nitpicky, like I was saying earlier, I think you know, after having gone through the whole roster here, I think the rotation is the weakest link in terms of not necessarily the players, but just the depth of it. If you don't have a healthy Cal Wright or Spencer Strider gets hurt again, I, I have no doubt that Max Fried will be fine. Your rotation suddenly becomes kind of weak. That's not to say that wouldn't affect any other team in that situation, but it is just kind of weird where it's like, I can't expect Charlie Morton to be a second starter anymore, or an ace. You know, I have no idea what to expect from Jared Schuster or Dylan Dodd in the major league level.
1: I think between Schuster, Dodd, Anderson, Soroka, Elder, I one of those guys is going to be a good pitcher. I have us. no
0: faith in Ian Anderson right now, based off how he pitched last year in his spring. I have no faith in Michael Soroka because he hasn't thrown a major league pitch since 2020. There's just too many question marks behind these guys from a de- like the depth. There are people there that have played well before that can do it, that we know that can do it. But the thing is, is like, can they recapture their form? I just don't know. And nothing's a
1: sure bet. Well, not but knowing I, is different than saying no faith. You saying no faith means it's not happening. I I still have.
0: I have very, I'll say this, very little faith in, in in Anderson and Soroka.
1: There's no reason that a 24-year-old who... But what is what, is, what has Anderson shown you? That's, well, that's what I'm saying. A 24-year-old who has been amazing for us for every year except last year. There's no reason to expect that he's just done with baseball. No, I'm done not saying he's a done, good, but he might not... Pitcher.
0: Yeah, but he's he's in a funk that he hasn't been able to get out
1: of yet. Well, now he's working through adding yeah, he's this new been pitch. he it for months. Well, it takes time.
0: I know. I know. I'm not saying he can't get back, uh, uh, but I'm just I'm, I'm saying, just saying if, if if Spencer Strider blows his elbow out tomorrow for some reason.
1: grab, grab. You can't.
0: I don't believe don't, in your superstitious don't, bullshit.
1: Don't even let that make the episode. Uh, no, no. Let's just say that happens.
0: Do you have faith that Ian Anderson's going to come up here and, and do what he needs to do? I don't know if it's
1: going to be Anderson, but I, be- I believe or it's going Schuster, Dodd, Soroka... Elder Anderson, one of those guys can it's be a good major league. Just, it's just too many questions. Starter. Marks. It's just too many question marks for me. It, I think it's you don't appreciate how crazy that kind of depth is. And but what, if they don't perform, it doesn't matter. Go look at any other organization for their first 5 and what like you said, if their first one or two drop out, what that depth drops off to. Sure. Like, th- these are real options. I'm not saying they
0: aren't. I'm just saying none of them have the-, the best option in terms of Major League track record over the last year of those names is Bryce Elder. I'm not
1: saying it's a bad Spencer thing. Spencer Strider had no Major League track record last year. No, but he has one now, and it was exactly. a hell of a fucking season. Exactly. That's how shit works. Yeah, but he was a rookie. Yeah. Well, so are Schuster and Dodd. Yeah. Like, you don't But we just don't know. No, you don't. All All right. Having five guys is better than one or two? Sure.
0: So we'll just see how it all shakes out. But I will say that's that's the area, that's the part of the roster I'm watching the most in terms of health and performance by guys that have question marks around them. What is your overall prediction for the season, if you had to make one?
1: We're going to win 127 games.
0: 127 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seven games? Seven games? Yeah, it was between right. like <laughs> two and seven. <laughs> 122, yeah, seven games. Um, that's I love it.
1: No, we're going to yeah. win the division over 100 games.
0: Over 100 games. I think we win the division with like 94 or 95 wins. I think I think short, I think think short. stuff in the rotation and shortstop defensively, we're going to have some issues with that where we're not going to win as many games as we'd like, but I think we still win the division. I think the Phillies will be dead by uh, July. Why? I think they're going to just dig themselves into a hole a little bit with not having Hoskins and Harper. And even though Trey Turner's a big pickup, it's not like their rotation are full of gangbusters. They kind of caught fire, you know, the way the the Hawks caught fire in that Eastern Conference run a a few years ago. Will that success translate to the next season? Will they have a World Series hangover? Um,
1: I don't I hope you're right because they they still scare me. I still got to respect them. Schwarber, Castellanos. Yeah.
0: Turner's a monster, we know. Turner. Nola. um...
1: The catcher, of course. Yeah,
0: Real Muto. They're still really good. I just have a feeling that they're going to flame out. I just, that's my, that's my hot take. I think the Mets will be nipping at our heels the majority of the year, but I also could see them. You want to talk about a rotation that's top heavy and a, a combined, and old. Yeah, combined ace, uh, you know, top two pitchers being like 89 years old if you put their <laughs> like ages together. Uh, Maybe not that old, but they're in their eighties. If you if you put them together, Scherzer and uh, Verlander, I could certainly see you know their season getting derailed for sure. Verlander's still pretty healthy, but Scherzer has had a lot of injuries. He will not make it to October years. once no. again. He
1: will not make it there. Yeah, unless they just like don't use him at the beginning of the year, right? But they wouldn't do that. Sure,
0: If you're paying them forty million dollars for Christ's sake. So yeah, I still think Brit. I think the Mets get the wild card. Philly's... Drop out. I think Braves win the division. All right. So we have our regular season predictions. Do you want to make any postseason predictions?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, hopefully we we're not involved in that wild card crap. Yeah. And I think this team should make a very deep run. That's all I'll say, Graham.
0: Yeah. I would say not getting past the division series would be an ex- it would be a red flag to me. Unless there are. Extreme health issues like there were last year. Um, this team's too good. I do never, I never, ever, ever want to settle for this. That bullshit we endured near the end of the Bobby Cox era, where it was when the division losing the first round, it just never changed. It was annoying as hell. Um, can never settle for that.
1: I mean, that's the thing. This team is just built for the playoffs. If you have Freed, Strider, Wright all healthy going to the playoffs, and then see which of those other seven pitchers. Is, I mean, if Schuster pops off, right, knows. right, You never know. Right. Um, but that with the bullpen, where you can go to the bullpen in, like, the fourth inning and just have arm after arm after arm Super and all the deep. power up and down the lineup. Like, we, we're we going to be tough to beat. And Dodgers are supposed to be down, Graham. Dodgers, you heard about all this, Dodgers crap? should be they down. They sound like a Jason Hayward's, like, starting for them.
0: Yeah, it was a bad... I think what the Dodgers are doing, they let a lot of their... You know, they let uh, Trey Turner's gone um you know they lost a few people in the offseason and yeah they bring in jason hayward jd martinez i mean jd martinez is still viable hayward certainly is not um there are there questions on the rotation and bullpen um yeah i think the dodgers will be down the padres are definitely going to be up
1: yeah
0: yeah the, dodgers are kind of playing for they're playing for shohei otani Itani. yeah they're gonna they're gonna throw like 600 million dollars at him next year or some something just batshit
1: yeah
0: um Dodgers still have to be respected given their track record, but I'm not as scared of them as I was say last year. I think they're still probably a playoff team, but Padres look scary. Um, I think their rotations got some question marks on, them, but they're off. You know, offensively, Soto, Tatis, um,
1: Bogarts now. Bogarts
0: now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's they got so many just boppers up and down the lineup. Machado. Um, it's, it's, that's a damn, damn scary lineup that could, that could slug their way to a, to a World Series. Um, Cardinals are good. You know, I'm not, I'm not are to be respected, but I also do I think their rotation's really, uh, really thin too. Um, they don't really have like a true ace pitcher, you know, like the best pitchers are like Wainwright and Jordan Montgomery and Miles Mikolas and you none know, of those guys really scare me. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think the Braves could certainly, you know, win the National League. They could certainly win the World Series. It's just, it all comes down to how things play out in October, man. I think that's really the big thing, is, is how will things play out in October? It is wild. You just never know.
1: It is wild. It's like such a long season we have ahead of us, and then it's just one five-game series. Can and you then, win it? And
0: then it can all just go up in smoke. Yeah. You can have the worst luck in the, the freaking world, like we did last that's year. That's what makes it so, like, great
1: and also terrible.
0: Well, that's how it was, you know, the thing about the year we won the World Series where there was just, we catch fire in like mid-September and we are just go like, I don't know, it was like 13-4 and four or something. I don't know. It was a really good run, right? And then we just bulldozed our way through it, man. It was just, you know, Eddie Rosario has a postseason of his life. you got to have those legendary performances in the playoffs where someone does something you just don't expect. Yeah. And Eddie Rosario was like the epitome of, postseason maestro batting
1: leadoff for us all of a sudden yeah i
0: hit like 465 in the nlcs like four homers or whatever it was i mean it was just batshit insanity you know jock peterson carrying us in the uh in lds then you had like oh you also had your consistent contributors and freddie freeman and austin riley um and great pitching throughout uh, we'll never forget the best single inning and in braves pitching history with tyler matzik
1: it is wild that matzik is just like two years later out of the picture you he know. gave
0: his arm for this city.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that they gave him like another contract, even though he's like hurt.
0: Yeah, you know, he. You, you should build a statue to that guy. Yeah, that is, who knows know. if he'll ever be back?
1: No, be he'll, he'll never be, be back. Like, it was all worth w- it. We just talked about that deep ass bullpen, and like I already forgot about Matzik. Right,
0: yeah. Matzik's not even there. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it's it's just it's baseball is um, it's like it's it's. Most similar to March Madness in the sense that like anybody could win, anybody could win at it all. It's a it's a crazy ass thing. Um, there's so many variables that no one can predict. All the analytics and sabermetrics in the world, they don't like you can throw them out of the window in, in, in just, the postseason. Honestly, you just
1: got to get to the dance.
0: You just got to get to the dance and see how far you can go. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about the rule changes. We have talked about that a bunch. So we'll see what happens. Braves baseball starts today. Very exciting. By the time you hear this, at least, it'll be today. Yeah, 1 p.m. Yeah. Oh, God. I really got to get this thing out. I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: get on uh, it. 1 p.m. Yeah, it sucks. It does suck. But it sucks less because baseball is back. Yes. So that's it for us. We'll see you all next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true for Atlanta. As for
1: Austin As